Do you ever want to be a guest on a super cool podcast hosted by a glamorous power couple from their cutting-edge home studio on the outskirts of a major metropolitan world hub? Hollywood, anyone? Us, too. Until then, let's pretend. One of these days, you might get a DM, a PM, an EM, or even a message in a bottle inviting you to join my husband and I for an hour or two in our chat lab, working on solutions for all the world's problems. And when you are invited, there's only one response. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, capitals of the world. <laughs> oh, no. He wants your UDF ice cream, I believe. Yeah. Right Our- down Broadway. <laughs> Give him a slab of ribs, will you? <laughs> Put some shrimp on that thing on my head. <laughs> All right. We're off well, the rails before we started. Here you go, Phil. You're welcome. Yeah, I want to reassure Andy that uh, hey, this is only going to be an hour or less. I'm, you know, yeah. notes are basically only an hour. For us. Only an hour. Yeah. Is that or less? I mean, or less. Not going over. Yeah. yeah. Usually, yeah. We, These we, notes are just for us, so we don't have dead air, mm-hmm. and you know, so we have something to refer. Um, you to. can ask me anything you want. I'm ready to go. Yeah, well, Fantastic. we need to. We need to know what that. By the way, where are you? Where are you located? Uh, beautiful downtown Norwood. Okay. Just checking on you. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm in the land of Norwood, downtown Norwood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm we used to have a sports bar over there. Uh, it's Furman Sports Cafe. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, Montgomery Road. By, uh, Montgomery. I, I've, I've been in California for about coming up on 30 years. <laughs> mm, wow. Huh. From what, is, it, is it what used to be Sidelines? No, no. I, didn't, I don't what even know that? what Sideline is. Ah, there was a sports bar briefly by next to Sorrento's was it yeah. no 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 I wasn't up that far I was on uh, that big office building on Montgomery Road it's like 8602 or 90 8901 or something like that by the Fidelity building I or remember across the street I remember Sorrento. now because I heard you oh, on that podcast talking bank. about you had televisions at every booth right I going yeah, we to did that place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did that was pretty cool but nobody would leave <laughs> right you couldn't turn the tables over it's crazy couldn't make any money yeah, get, well, get people out of there. Sense. All right, well let's let's go ahead and get it get it moving. Okay. All right. So. Um. Hi. Welcome to Yaaha with Lisa and Phil. This week we have the absolute pleasure of having Andy Furman as our special guest and as our guest hosts. I suppose we have Aaron and Lou Diamond, who will of course be bringing along his friend the cowboy. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my goodness this is big this is bigger than i thought it would be yeah it's a party man it's like we got a full yeah, house here it's two people in a norwood and living a living room in norwood right. who just enjoy what they're doing yeah and i think i'm good at it so welcome andy thank you really i'm i'm, I'm sure someone backed out for you to call me to do this but that's okay I, Not at it's all. my pleasure <laughs> you are you are our featured guest yeah. Wow. So just, you know, I've been listening to WLW radio for Ever? all my, yeah, forever, really. High school, going back. 53 years. Yeah. So starting like starting on, with. Starting tomorrow, it'll be 53 years. Yeah. Oh my starting God. with like Bob Happy Trump. Happy birthday. And Thank Phil, you. like me, it's since we knew where to find the Reds games. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Listen to ball game and then extra innings would come on or some other form of sports talk supplemental mm-hmm. programming but i'm familiar with your work with wlw and then i kind of followed you along in other assignments but people probably have surmised is that you're not a, a native cincinnatian that uh, you're from brooklyn 
Brooklyn, New York. How many right? years does it take to become a native Cincinnatian? Because I hear this all the time. I mean, I lived in Cincinnati more than I lived in Brooklyn, New York. I mean, more than half my life has been this year. So uh, am I a definition of native, citizen? Though, right? <laughs> what, 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 what am I considered? A you're, foreigner? You're, I don't know. No, you, you, you can be an official Cincinnatian, but you're not a native Cincinnatian. I'm a native Cincinnatian, but I'm no longer Cincinnati. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, Cincinnati's great, but at least we don't have cicadas in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, or or four thousand oaks. Yeah, I've been wondering about that. Yeah, because oh. uh, they said Washington D.C. is actually swarming with cicadas, and I didn't know that they really? got them. Yeah, yeah. But we have quite a few, but apparently not as much. Yeah. Mm. What? Um. So, uh, so growing up in Brooklyn, one of the things that I noticed in reading some stuff and getting ready for you is that uh, you had been to Ebbets Field. Is that correct? You know what? I was only there once in my childhood. I never saw a baseball game there. I was like seven years old, yeah. and I think it was already the Dodgers had left. And uh, my cousin had gotten me tickets. I don't know how he did this to my dad and my uncle, his dad. But the four of us went to see a, a soccer game at Ebbets Field before it was torn down. And I'll never forget, it was like Israel against the USA. I don't know how we got tickets because he was a PR guy, my cousin. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was sponsored by the Schaefer Circle of Sports, by Schaefer Beer. And he used to get us tickets all the time to like hockey games at the Madison Square Garden. So we went. But the one thing I do remember about that game, Marilyn Monroe was there. And she came out like at halftime in a car. Oh, that was wow. the only thing I remember. But uh, I, I was just so excited about going into Ebbets Field because I heard so much about it. And a lot of my relatives lived in that neighborhood in Flatbush. And we used to drive by there in the evening. And I always asked my parents, what is that noise coming inside that building? And what are those big lights up there? It was cobblestone streets, I remember. And, and they used to tell me that was Ebbets Field. That's where the Dodgers play. It was, it was fascinating to go inside there. It really was. Yeah. Well, and to see Marilyn Monroe, that would be pretty awesome too. You know, I was more excited to see Ebbets Field. I mean, yeah. I was too young to appreciate it, really. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, to this day, I mean, I, I guess I don't know when you left Brooklyn, but I mean, are, do you have any allegiance to the Dodgers or any kind of thing going back to Brooklyn? No, um, because uh, the Dodgers to me were an afterthought. They were already gone. And then in 62, the Mets came. But I kind of, the Yankees were so good. I mean, I was a Yankee fan. I love Mickey Mantle and I love Yogi Berra and Bill Scourin, Tony Kubek, Bobby Richardson. I remember the team like it was yesterday, Elston Howard, all those guys, even the backup guys that played for Mantle when he got hurt, Jack Reed in the center field, Bob Serve, you name Whitey Ford. I mean, those are the guys I loved. And then later in life, you know, I, I worked in Fort Lauderdale with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers soccer team and did some PR with the Miami Dolphins because they were both owned by the Robbie family. The Yankees trained in Fort Lauderdale, so it was a big thrill for me to go down there in, in, in the uh, Yankee locker room and see those guys because a buddy of mine from high school, Mickey Morabito, at the time was the PR guy for the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Are you a Yankee fan now? To this day, you know, now I, I, you know, when in Rome, do what the Romans do, right? I, I follow the Reds, you know, I, I don't live and die with the Reds. I mean, I lived and died with the Yankees, like in 1960 when they lost that game and with that home run against the Pittsburgh Pirates, it, it killed me. But you know, I, I root for the Reds, I'm very happy to see they're kind of on a roll right now, they're over 500. So I root for them, and I'm very good friends with David Bell, the manager. So I want them to do well because I want David Bell to remain the manager, and I, and I love the Bell family, his dad, buddy's been always good to me. So I'm a big David Bell fan. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up, you know, obviously a Reds fan, despised the Dodgers, um, moved to Los Angeles, still despise the Dodgers. Then <laughs> the realignment happens. I still despise the Dodgers. <laughs> but you have Eventually, to admit that when the Dodgers and the Reds were in the same division, it was tremendous. Those rivalries were great. Yeah, they were, they were, they were a great villain. 
you know. Mm-hmm. It was a natural, Darth organic uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, growth. Yankees are Darth Vader too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, finally, uh, softened a little bit on them because they drafted my son-in-law. <laughs> but he's uh, he spent about three years in the, their system. All right. Well, that's great. Yeah. But uh, still, in the West, I pull for the Giants. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I've soured on the Dodgers just because they're such a big market. They've kind of replaced the Yankees as the U.S. Steel representative of baseball. Right. Right. Yeah. But um, so, Andy, uh, kind of quickly, you know, you have a background in PR and marketing. Um, you know, I've read a little bit about that. You don't have to go into great detail about that. But what are some of the highlights that kind of led you from um, New York? Uh, to Cincinnati and uh, you know it, it's funny you mention that Pe- people know me and when I see them in public I'm look I, I don't know that many people but every once in a while oh you're Andy Furman from the radio yeah the radio gave me a lot of exposure you know mm-hmm. and, and sometimes I'll go to Kroger check out and they'll hear my voice weren't you on the radio so that's a thrill it really is but my my life was always PR and my lifelong dream when I wrote my high school yearbook that I wanted to be the PR director of the New York Knicks that was like my thing I used to write letters to them all the time and that, that was it so I started in high school. This is a crazy story. It really is. I hated gym class. Why did I hate gym class? Because we never had showers. I went to Lafayette High School in Brooklyn and uh, we'd have a gym every single day of the week, five days. And as soon as the bell would ring, you got to get dressed and go to the next class and you stunk. I mean, you sweated, right? And then I had this gymnastics deal where you had to climb the ropes and the parallel. I couldn't do that. I'd kill myself. So I I walked down the hallway one day and I see this bulletin board said the basketball team is looking for a manager for the basketball team. So I went to see the coach and I said, here's the deal. I said, I'll be your manager. I'll do whatever you want me to do, but get me out of gym class. So from mm-hmm. 10th grade on, I never went to gym in high school. And to this day, well, I'm, I'm very close with, with the coach. Gil Fershman lives in Florida. He's 86 years old. God bless him. And, you know, he was my, he was my inspiration. What, was what I did, I kept stats for the team. And there were seven daily newspapers in New York. I'd call the scores in after every game. And I got to, to get excited about calling newspapers and getting stuff in papers. And I started writing for a weekly newspaper in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Graph. And I wrote a little column about high school sports and away I went. And that's what I wanted to do, do PR work. And then when I got to college, I started working in the sports information office. They let me be the sports information director eventually while I was a student sending out press releases to the media, to New York Press. And that's why eventually I thought I'd be doing that. I did for a long time. Uh, And then eventually I got a job uh, with, as I say, with with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers soccer team. Uh, and that was in Florida. And mm-hmm. then from there, a funny story, I had a guy, and, and you know about the Chris Collinsworth race here at Latonia Racecourse. Well, right. I had a guy uh, race a horse uh, down there at Pompano Park Racetrack. I was with the strikers. I had my striker guy who claimed he was the fastest guy in the league. I had him race a horse at Pompano Park. He lost, obviously, but the guy always put your Park, money on the horse. Right. There you go. <laughs> so the, the, uh, the PR guy at Pompano Park. Tremendous guy, like one of my mentors, Alan Finkelson, may he rest in peace. He called Monticello Raceway in New York and says, you got to hire this guy. I said, look, the first time I've ever been to a racetrack is when I had this guy race a horse. He says, don't worry. All you got to do is do crazy stunts and get people in there. So I packed up. I left Florida. I went to Monticello, New York in the dead of winter. And uh, that, that's where I got started doing my PR work, really. Mm-hmm. Hey, Andy, could you, tell, could you tell us about Bodnar State? About who? Bodnar State. Bodnar State. Oh, I'd, I'd read in an article that uh, you said that uh, your college, Hunter, had beaten Bodnar State, which was named after some player, I thought, on the Hunter team. 
You know what? This is, you know, now you're, you're testing my Way memory. Way too far no. back. I'm we sorry. did have a guy named Stewie Bodner, but I don't remember. Yeah. That story I don't remember. You know, I, I promised Andy no gotcha questions. Yeah, I didn't mean to gotcha. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I look, I mean, I it, don't remember. It's a neat story. I, thought I, I got a kick out of it is all. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I like to find the stuff where you, you read this. I like to read it myself. <laughs> really. Got it, buddy. We'll tell you all about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's well, fascinating. It really is. You should read it. No, I'd uh, love to. Yeah. I don't know but eventually you wound up, wound up at Latonia, right? Yeah. So I, I worked at Monticello Raceway and uh, I had uh, elephants racing. I, too, I had the, you know, the circus came to town of Monticello, New York. And uh, I asked the guy if we could have two elephants race on the racetrack. We did. We did that. That was a great promotion. And then there was a series in the newspaper in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Well, how did I get to Scranton? Well, Monticello was right near the Pennsylvania border. Mm-hmm. And New York State had off-track wagering where people didn't have to go to the racetrack to place a bet. And that hurt. It hurt attendance. It hurt you know, the uh, program sales, food sales, whatever. But Pennsylvania, you had to get to the racetrack to make a bet. So I'd go and promote the racetrack in various civic clubs in Pennsylvania. And I subscribed to the Scranton newspaper, which went far. Well, there was a five-part series on the KKK in the Scranton newspaper. So what I did, I wrote a letter to the Grand Wizard in Pennsylvania. I'll never forget his name. His name was Albert Lentz. I said, well, we want to invite you to a night at races at Monticello Raceway, but leave your sheets at home. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I made copies of that to all the media people. It mm-hmm. got in the papers. Uh, and then when you work at a racetrack, you have to be licensed no matter what state you work in. So the New York State Racing and Wagering Board revoked my license because I invited the KKK to the racetrack. So I lost my job there. And, you oh. know, at the time I was down in the dumps. I was, you know, really depressed. But you know what? It worked out. And it's funny. I mean, I got more publicity on that. I was in Sports Illustrated with this. It was all over the country. I was getting phone calls from minor league baseball teams, circus, whatever it might be. You want to come work for us? Well, eventually I got a phone call from Delaware North Companies, which is sports service out of Buffalo, New York. They flew mm-hmm. me out to Buffalo and they started me out at Buffalo Raceway because they owned a lot of racetracks. It's Buffalo Raceway in Hamburg, New York. I was there for about one pay period because I wanted to do like some ethnic nights. I thought that'd be a great way to promote the races. So yeah. what do I do? I have Polish night. I had the racehorse go around the track the wrong way. I went to the police department. <laughs> yeah, I went to the police department to get one way signs to put in the back stretch. I didn't yeah. go over too well because I didn't realize that Buffalo was like 98% Polish. So uh, <laughs> they weren't too happy. They either go over huge or, go, or drop oh, like Oh, man. It. So uh, to promote right. the event, I, I went to the track superintendent. And, you know, they have these big billboards on the side of the road saying, you know, post time tonight, 7 o'clock, whatever it is. So I went to him. I said, you got to do me a favor tonight. You got to write tonight, 7 o'clock post time, Polish night. But when you write Polish night, put the P on backwards. He said, what are you talking about? I said, please, spell Polish with the P backwards the wrong way. He <laughs> did that. Like a Russian I ran upstairs to the office. I called the Buffalo Evening News and they put it on page one saying some moron spelled Polish wrong. So we got publicity doing that. But they, they mm-hmm. transferred me out. I knew working for sports service, they would never fire me. So they after one pay period, they shipped me out to Centennial Racetrack in Littleton, Colorado. From there, I went to Southland Greyhound Park in West Memphis, Arkansas. From there, I went to uh, Lakes Region Greyhound Park in Belmont, New Hampshire, where I saw maybe 12 people in a week. I mean, you could take your bed and put it on Highway 93 in New Hampshire and never get hit by a car. There was no one up there, but, you know, I tried. I did my best. And when that closed in the summer of 81, I believe it was, they called me in the office and said, we're sending you to Latonia Race Course in Florence, Kentucky. And that's how I ended up here. Okay. 
Wow. Uh, did you, were you married at this point? Was your wife no. throwing you to? No, okay. no, I was, I was, I was a say. vagabond. I had a company card, yeah. a company credit card. That's little, all I needed. A little easier to get away with some of those ideas if you didn't run them past the missus. How old were you? Easier getting away with it back then. If I did it today, I'd probably be in jail. How old were you when you started at Latonia? I think I was 30 or 31. Yeah. You know, when you when you look at uh, park, uh, PR and marketing and stuff like that, you think about the, uh, the teams in this city. And, you know, racehorsing is a little bit different, I guess, than a pro sports franchise. But how, how do you view the way the Reds and the Bengals kind of marketed their products? You know, that's an interesting question. I'll tell you why I say that, because I think as a PR man, I always looked at myself as a PR guy. You know, right now they call it a media coordinator, a PR coordinator, whatever it may be, marketing specialist. You know, you're a PR guy. And a PR guy, under the umbrella of a PR guy, it's twofold. You could be a serviceman, which all these PR guys in this town are. What do I mean by a serviceman? You go to the game, they give you the game notes, they give you your press credential to get in. You know, if you want to get an interview, they'll set you up. That's the service guy. But the real PR guy is a salesman. And that's where I think I fit on. I'm a salesman. You want to sell your product. And it's funny because, you know, you'll see game stories about these guys be it soccer, or football, or baseball. You know, every Reds game is covered. You don't need a PR guy for that. You need a PR guy to sell the team, to sell the image of the team. You know, it's funny because uh, FC Cincinnati, I get Indeed all the time. Indeed sends me emails. And FC Cincinnati is looking for a senior uh, manager of communications, a PR guy, really. So I'm mm -hmm. thinking of writing a letter to Jeff Birding and say, look, you know, the only time you guys get press is when you play a game. The public wants to get close to these players. They want to see they want to see where they live. They want to see them getting a haircut. They want to see them going to the dentist. They want to see them driving through the car wash with their car. Those are the stories they want to see. Those are the stories that PR guys sell, and there are no PR guys that sell those anymore. And that, mm -hmm. that's what they need to do. But I think either they're lazy or they're fearful or they don't know how to do it. One of the three. I don't know. Yeah. But it you seems know, I, I worked at St. Francis College in, in Brooklyn, New York. And when you're in New York City, you're competing with all the pro teams. You're competing with St. John's and Fordham and Manhattan College and every big college around there, right? And I had to go the extra mile to find out stories to get space in the New York City newspapers. And we had a cross-country team. And every year I give out these information sheets to the, to the runners, you know, name, address, there were no emails back then, but phone number, you know, what high school you went to, what awards you won, your height and your weight. And I noticed one year that one guy on the cross-country team was an inch shorter than he was the year before. And I sent the story out. I interviewed him. I called the New York Post. They did a story on the guy, the incredible shrinking runner. I mean, these are the stories. Because every team has a guy that scores 20 points a game. That's not a story. You know, I worked at Latonia yeah. Race Course. I was blessed. I had a jockey who raced who was blind in one eye. These, these are stories that you have to sniff out and find. And the public loves to read about them. Mm -hmm. I've always felt like the, um, the Reds have done a better job uh, in general than the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals have sort of built this uh, almost – animosity with certain uh, parts of the fan base and it shows up in their attendance sometimes well the Bengals are great because i think they invented social distancing before it was <laughs> really before right. they even knew what social distancing was i mean you go to a Bengals game you could have a whole section to yourself but i think Very they're healthy. learning right now and mike brown's granddaughter is going to be a great asset to this team because she's involved with social media she understands what the fans want what the people want they got the ring of honor right now and i and, I, and the nfl really 
You, and I hate to say this, but they don't have to do that much. It sells itself. The season yeah. is only eight games at home, and the best way you could sell yourself is to win. Now, Joe Burrow is the key. If they win, they don't have to do much marketing. But I think when you play 162 games, you play uh, 81 games at home, and by the time school starts in August, you're out of the, right, the race by 18 to 25 games. You better start doing some stuff. And I remember when I first moved to town, the Reds would have, like, Farmer's Night. It was great. They had, like, milking cow contests on the field. They don't do anything like that anymore. Right. I think the, the bobblehead craze is it's over with. Who wants a bobblehead? Right. Yeah. yeah. Usually near the end of the season. Yeah, it'd be like one of, the last few, one of the last few home games would be Farmer's Night. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. I, I went to one of those. It was a great thing. It was funny. I, I loved it. I mean, they, they just don't do stuff like that. Fireworks and, and bobbleheads, it just fireworks, I don't think I've got all. People love fireworks. But I tell you what, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money to go to a Reds game. Yeah. Well, what about when they, they would have the players uh, have a game against their kids for the game? I remember the stuff like, do that. Don't, I don't even think they have old-timers game anymore. No. <clears throat> they used to have old-timers. They know Yankees have it at Yankee Stadium. They bring all the old guys back. That's great. I mean, people love that. Nostalgia. I mean, baseball is built on nostalgia and, like, who was better back then or now, whatever. So I think it's great. I mean, the Bengals are starting to do that a little bit, bringing guys back. Now this ring of honor is going to really help. But I, I, I just think that the creativity – and, look, if anybody needs help, it's going to be FC Cincinnati. They can't win. They're yeah. not winning. They, they're, they're selling themselves on the new stadium, and that honeymoon's going to be over real soon. But other than yeah. that, they don't do much. They really don't. And right. half those guys don't speak English anyway. You know, when I was in Fort Lauderdale with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, we had a guy from Germany by the name of Gerd Mueller. They called him the bomber. He was a tremendous player. He couldn't speak English well. He spoke German, okay? Mm-hmm. I took him down to the TV station, WTVJ, Channel 4, and they let him do the weather with subtitles underneath him, which was great. This mm-hmm. is great. It made him human. I mean, he's yeah. given the weather, pointing at the map, and underneath, while he's speaking in German, they had the English subtitles. That's the stuff you got to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that kind of fun is the kind of fun that they now have at games like the Florence Yalls. We went to right. the Florence Yalls game. Um, yeah, two week, weeks week ago, the Memorial yeah. Day weekend at Bronson yeah. Royo sang mm-hmm. after, the, after the game. Right. And it was good. It was nice. It was relaxed. People were having fun. And it's free parking, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I exactly. go to a lot of their games. You know, I was a, a part owner of one of the teams in that league, the Richmond Indiana Roosters, and we did a lot of crazy things. It was great, and people liked it. The only downsize is that is like in this market, you'll never mm-hmm. you'll never have people really rooting for them as hometown pride. Like in Richmond, it was great because there's right. a daily newspaper, the Richmond Palladium Item, and they'd write about the Richmond Roosters every single day, and people took a lot of pride in it. It was their mm-hmm. hometown team. You know, on, on the on the pecking scale of sports here in this city. It's Reds, Bengals, and after that you got probably Xavier, UC, and then high school, and then maybe you could squeeze in the Florence Yalls. And I don't think anybody comes to those games from more than fifteen miles away anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. But and I guess the players, the, the players are there, not hardly there long enough to get any footing, too. Probably there's yeah, a lot of turnover. And people, you, you, it's hard to root for a player you don't know about. That's the yeah. key. I mean, right. you go there for the fun, for the entertainment, and the other stuff, the, the sideshow, really, but not for the game, really, I wouldn't think. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, again, you talk about PR. I, I'm a newspaper guy, so I get, like, four newspapers to my house every single day. I got the New York mm-hmm. Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and the Inquirer. And the last page of the sports section of the Inquirer every day, they have the TV listings of sports, and they have upcoming events. I have yet to see the Florence Yall listed in events. I mean, come on. 
Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, someone in that office has to be smart enough to say, look, can we get this in? It's free advertising. And I'll give you another example. Like yeah. I called, I sent them a letter before the season started. Can I get a press credential for the season? Right. Never wrote me back. I called them. They finally got on the phone with me. And this was like three, four days ago. And they said, well, well we're not issuing press credentials. You know, you got to come to the game, uh, show your press pass for where you work at the window, and then we'll issue you a ticket, you know, and it would be good for that day. I said, what if I want to go more than one time? Well, give us a list of the days you may want to come. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you exactly. kidding me? Are you making it difficult? Don't make it that difficult for me. I, I talked to the commissioner, yeah. Yeah, the president of the Frontier League. He's going to get me a league-wide pass, so I don't have to go through that garbage. You know, they don't understand that these people that cover your team are doing you a favor. They're giving you yeah. free advertising. When I worked at Oral Roberts, I was a sports information director at Oral Roberts University. I gave the working press credentials, and they sat at courtside for basketball, the guys that cover the team. But every morning DJ on radio, they got a pass to come to the game. They couldn't sit on press row on courtside, but you could sit in the stands. Everybody, anybody who was in TV, radio, or a newspaper got a pass from me at Oral Roberts. And it worked. It was great. People talked about us all the time. The morning DJ and radio is very important. And they talked about us. You know, it was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, just a couple things. Uh, FC Cincinnati, they're really uh, failing to capitalize on a surge. You know, the whole thing that brought the whole franchise here. Well, was- the air is being let out of the balloon right now. Yeah. I believe mm-hmm. it is. I mean, it was something new, something different. Now the stadium is a big deal, but you know, once people find out that it's like any other stadium, really, and maybe they don't want to go to that part of town in the West End, or maybe someone's going to puncture their tires when they go park their car over there, you know, it's going to be ended. That's for sure. But the yeah. team's got to win. They got to start winning. They really do. Yeah, I think that's true of almost any franchise. There's no promotion that, that can tr- can beat winning. <laughs> well, I agree. True. You know, Cincinnati it's the can love thing a loser. To do. Well, the easiest thing to do, they, they sell season tickets. You know what I would do if I was FC Cincinnati? I'd have some of the players deliver the season ticket directly to your home. In other words, you want the season tickets? I say, you know, you, go over here. I'll go yeah. with you. You ring their doorbell. Here are your season tickets. So people would freak out. They freak oh, out. And what they would do, what they would do is they take a picture of it and they put it on social media and people would go crazy. That's right. what they need to do. It's not that hard. It doesn't cost any money to be creative. It really doesn't. <laughs> it's like I've we have a question. question. From yeah. young man in the Raise your hand. Raise I, your I, hand, please. I did, and Phil can okay. see it. He's on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter, ooh, ooh, Mr. Carter, pick me. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> um, um, so I see you as, you know, as kind of a blended together, you know, PR man, radio broadcaster, and sports writer. Who do you well, identify with the most close? I'm a PR guy. And, and when so, I got, so P.T. Barnum job, or Bill Veck, then that narrowed it out. Bill Veck is my P.T. guy. P.T. Barnum, Bill Veck, Wolfman Jack, or Frank DeFord? Well, Bill Veck. <laughs> Bill Veck is my guy. He was, and I used to talk to him a lot. But he, here's the thing. Uh, with yeah. me, it was you always did, PR you, work. And when I got the job at WLW Radio, you know, I was doing sales. You know, I was a salesman. A PR guy's a salesman. And then what happened was Andy McWilliams was doing radio work, and he was doing extra innings. And one night, he couldn't do it because he had problems with his throat. He couldn't talk well. And I, right. for some strange reason, I, I was there late at night probably writing letters to people, I don't know, sales contacts or whatever. And they said, well, you're here. You're going to do the show. And I did extra innings. And then the general manager calls me in, and he says, we're going to create a Sunday morning show with you, Andy McWilliams, and Tom Dinkle. And then Andy McWilliams got sick. He couldn't talk anymore. It was just me and Dinkle did Sunday morning sports talk for several years. And that's how I got started. And then 
Late eighties. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I, I remember you first from extra innings. I, I've got no, that. I, I was a Sunday mind. morning first. I think about eighty six, eighty six, eighty seven around there, and then after that. Uh, Bob Trumpy left, and then Chris Collinsworth took over, and they asked me to do the last hour, eight to nine, with Chris. And then Chris says, "What are you doing, hanging around between six and eight, doing nothing? Come in with me for three hours." So I stayed with Chris for three hours, and then he had so many responsibilities; he'd be gone two days a week. Then right. eventually he left, and they gave me the show, and it was my show, and I did that at six. And after the Reds games, I hung around and did the extra innings. Yeah, definitely recall all that. Definitely. But, you know, it's funny, I, and I listen right now, and, you know, I, I, I don't know if the times are different. People are more uh, politically correct or afraid, and maybe they, they've been warned. Maybe they don't want to get fired. They're afraid. But, you know, the stuff I did, and I was lucky because I worked with Randy Michaels, and he would go to bat for programming people because he was just as crazy as me, and he loved that stuff. Right now, I think the radio station is driven by, by salespeople, and that's mm-hmm. not healthy. I think that if you're a creative yeah. guy and you, you're in programming, you, you're going to be handcuffed. But uh, I remember when uh, Jim Bowden was the general manager, <laughs> and I, I, he just rubbed people the wrong way. And I remember en- entering an intro-inning show. I put the uh, song, The Great Pretender. I said, this is for you, Jim. And we played uh, <laughs> by the platters, The Great Pretender. And he was hot. He was pissed. But, you know, <laughs> people love that stuff. Yeah. No, one's, no one's hurt by it. It's all entertainment. That's what it Old is. Old leather pants. Yeah, leather pants. Yeah. 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 Um, so I know um, my dad... I worked at Thompson McConnell Cadillac and some of these WLW personalities, Mark Schott would come in there and stuff like that. And Willie came in there, Willie Cunningham and dad worked on his car and dad was a little put off by his like big, you know, grandiose personality. It's oh, do you know who I am deal? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> and he'd come home and you know talk about him and stuff like that. So I think, you know, so Bill Cunningham, he carries more. He's not just a personality on the show. He's an executive on that at that station, right? Is no, really? no, he's, he's just a matter of fact, when I was there for a brief period of time, he was the program director. Yeah. It was kind of weird because he was never there. I mean, he just mm-hmm. showed up for his show. So I think he relinquished that deal. You know, I was somewhat happy when he was program director because he said, wow, one of us you know, is elevated to the program director, but he never called a meeting and he never showed. So I think after six months or whatever, he, he just declined. And he's got to direct someone some else program. Declined. I think Marty Thompson replaced him, who is on WDJO now. And he's okay. a good guy, Marty Thompson. So Marty is Bill kind of like that, though? I mean, he's all the time? Is that his... When the, light, when the light's on and he has an audience, oh. yes, I would say yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's funny. You know, okay, it's, it's funny. When I was with him, on the radio, and I used to come into a show. He was my buddy. I mean, he, furball, come on in. And now that I'm not there anymore, you know, it's like, I'll give you an example. About two years ago, John Popovich's wife and Denny Jansen threw a farewell party because John Popovich retired from Channel 9. Mm-hmm. And I was invited with my wife, and I went to the party, and Cunningham was there with his wife, and he was rather cold towards me. And I followed it up with him a couple of days after. I said, well, what's the deal? Are you I, rub you the wrong way no 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 but you know like i'm not part of the family anymore so like i'm a, i'm an outcast you know mm-hmm. but i've called him since and you know he says call any time with the stooge report i just i don't bother every once in a while i think i have been on a couple of times but you know it, it's it's funny i mean i could see how your dad felt that way really <laughs> yeah. well yeah my dad had a little... out of sight out of mind 
Uh, he had yeah. a little working man's complex going, you know, he was like, you know, but he didn't really understand the, uh, the, the showbiz side of life too much. Did he, but, did uh, he coin the nickname Furball? Well, I think his cat's name was Furball. <laughs> so he kind of threw it at me. So that was it. You know. There you go. But we had some wild times together. We had some. We had a lot of fun while I was there. There's no doubt about that. I mean, we we, we did a lot of crazy stuff together. I mean, uh, I was in his show because he would be on following sports talk at nine o'clock, and that's when he had that anti-smoking guy Aaron Leichman on, and uh, I blew cigar smoke in his face. And about two months later, I got a lawsuit, which I thought was a joke, and I got sued. For wow. assault and battery, blowing smoke on his face. It was written up in the Wall Street Journal. I thought it was a joke. What was, was the resolution of the I've never been sued in my life, and I got the lawsuit, came to the station, and when I got it, I thought it was a joke. So what I did, I sent the attorney a box of cigars. You know, I, I thought it was fooling around. <laughs> so he calls me up. He says, you think this is a joke, huh? I said, what? Yeah. He says, you're being sued. So I got, I got real nervous. So I said, what do I do? I called Stan Chesley. So Stan Chesley says, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Who, who, who's the guy? I said, Aaron Leichman. Aaron Leichman? That SOB? His dog craps in my yard every single day. I'll take care of it for you. I'll break his legs. I said, Stan, I don't know if I can afford you, really. She says, don't worry, take care of me with a box of cigars. And I did, and, and that was the end of it. So, Oh, that's I mean, funny. An anti-smoking lawsuit paid for by with cigars. Right? Is that that's something? beautiful. And then, and then Ken Brew tells me, Ken Brew's son is an attorney now. He was attending law school down in New Orleans, he said his son read about this case in his law school textbook. I wanted to buy the textbook, but I found out it was a hundred bucks. I said, the hell with it. I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> well. I don't know. It might still be worth it. And it's a part of history. Yeah. You are historic. Well, Ken Brew's on my list. Uh, I shouldn't tell you this. I could probably go to the library and find it and just never bring it back. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't do that, no. So, um, through the years, I know you've you've developed a relationship with Pete Rose. Yes, that, uh, you know, and he, he, I saw somewhere that uh, you know he would come to Latonia and um, you know oh. bed the horses. And I, I always wondered, you know, when I was reading this, I was wondering if um, you know, did you ever see any of the per- personalities that were central to this uh, baseball scandal? You know, where they did. I think I think uh, Tommy Giosis showed up every once in a while at the racetrack, but Pete would normally come by himself. Mm-hmm. And we had a room set up there in the press box for him, and he'd drink iced tea all night long and popcorn. That's all he would do and, and gamble. But, you know, he, he is a wonderful – he has a big heart. I'll, I'll tell you how big a heart Pete Rose has. Two Saturdays ago, I was doing my radio show. I work for Fox Sports Radio now. I'm on Sirius XM Channel 83. I've been with them for like 10 years now. And uh, my co-host was named Steve Hartman. For some reason, Steve Hartman wanted to talk about Pete Rose. He says, you know, coming up next in the next segment, we're going to talk about what the the hit king is doing these days. And it was just after the time the story was released that Pete is now working for a company in Mexico to to select winners in baseball. He's not betting on them, but he's selecting winners, okay? So during the break, we had like a six-minute commercial break. I tell the – the producer, I'm, I'm here, I do the show from home. I tell the producer who's in LA, keep your eye on the hotline. It may be ringing. It may be Pete Rose. You thought I was out of my mind. I texted Pete. I said, Pete, it was four o'clock our time. It was one o'clock in California. I said, Pete, you know, we're talking about, you know, on the radio, could you give us a call? I'll give him the hotline number. Sure enough, it came back the next time and Pete's on there. It's great. And, and Steve Hartman, my co-host went nuts. You couldn't believe it. So, uh, 
So I said, Pete, I got to get some closure on this story. You once told me that you gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. Could you please finish that story? And it was great. They had to bleep him out on this because he said, now I understand why Marilyn Monroe was so excited with, with Joe DiMaggio. But, you know, but still, it was, it was great. He was, he was wonderful. He stayed on with us for about 10, 12 minutes. So that's yeah. the kind of guy Pete Rose is. Right. Awesome. And, and then, so I also saw that you, uh, speaking of baseball legends, I saw that you interviewed Ted Williams one time. What, what did he have to say? That, that was a crazy story. One, one of my first sponsors, and I love this man to death, was Ron Jurgens from Stacy Storage and Moving, Moving Company. He bought like four or five commercials every Sunday on my Sunday morning show. He, Remember he the sold day? the business. I, I don't think, think Stacy Storage is around anymore. I mean, if it is, he doesn't own it. But he I, used to go fishing with Ted Williams. So one Sunday morning, I'm on the radio, and he calls on the hotline. And he says, I'm out here on the boat with Ted Williams. He says, do you want to talk to him? It's unbelievable. I mean, really, I don't remember what we talked about, but we had Ted Williams. And the only thing that bothers me right now is I wish I kept some. I don't have any tapes whatsoever, I don't think, maybe. Maybe I have two or three shows that I, I just did the shows, went home, and that was it. But so many people, I, I had Serena Williams on. I would have loved to keep that one. Ted Williams for sure. Pete, you know, I speak to Pete all the time, so it's no big deal. But I did have one, and this was a big one. I had Red Auerbach on. I would have loved to have kept that one. I had, I had Oscar Robertson in studio. And we called Red. Red got on, and I just sat back and listened to Red talk to Oscar. And Red said, "Remember, Oscar, I wanted to trade for you in, in Boston." Back and forth, they were going back. It was it was wonderful radio. And soon after that, Red passed away. And that tape, I don't know where it is, if they even still have it. So that yeah. was wonderful. Amazing. Well, not to break any HIPAA laws, but I did talk to Oscar Robertson when I was working at University Hospital briefly, but it wasn't about <laughs> basketball. <laughs> he's a good man little, then you little, better stop at that point <laughs> it could be difficult to, to get to know in the beginning but once you get to know him he's great Yeah, Andy is it true that later in life that Ted Williams just kind of lost his head he did <laughs> I think he's frozen now <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there yeah. very nice <laughs> very good yeah. this is, this is going to be the I didn't know you were still there year. This is going to be the second episode where I mentioned Futurama heads and jobs. I'm lurking in the background. Why why is he so quiet? I have an idea for um, You guys need to jump on this Zoom so you can see our faces. Uh Yeah, I have an idea for some some promotion for the Reds, Andy, and maybe you can help me get behind this. And I I pitched this, haha, get it, to uh, Tracy Jones one night on the radio on Extra Innings and, and since it's appropriate with our two hosts and Aaron's past history, mm-hmm. it's Norwood night at the ballpark. Well, and what that means is for Norwood, I think. I don't think he likes Norwood. Uh, he doesn't people seem from Norwood. Yeah. People from Norwood get in free. And you know how some <laughs> stadiums behind the home run wall have swimming pools? Yeah. Well, there would be a large above ground swimming pool, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and in the swimming pool, sponsored by Procter and Gamble, is about fourteen thousand gallons of Dial liquid soap that the dirty people from Norwood can come and get in the pool. What you're missing is the the rough road with the potholes that you need to put in between. Yeah. 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 Well, you mentioned what, Chan- Stan Chesley. And- you know, I, I think that what they should do, they should have a, they should do ethnic. I think they do do ethnic nights. They've, they've had like Italian American night. They have all those nights. They should have a Polish night in Cincinnati with the Reds. And what they do is let every Polish person in free, but you have to pay on the way out. 
Isn't that a current policy if you leave before the eighth inning? (laughs) I don't know. I don't don't know, really. They'll sell pierogies at the uh, concession stand. There you go. Don't they already? Potato. Potato pancakes. Yeah. I don't think they do. I don't don't think they do so. Yeah. Back around 1988. Don't they have Izzy's there? I worked at, back in like the late 80s, 88 or so, I worked at Burbank's Real Barbecue. That was a great place. Was Stan one of the owners of that? Uh, I I don't know who the owners were. I think he was a uh, co-owner. Him and Gary and someone else. The, the one in Sharonville? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that cornbread. The cornbread was unbelievable. Cornbread was awesome. That's, yeah. It was like corn cake. Great. It was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it really if was. anybody knows how to get hold of Stan, I might be looking to file a lawsuit against Tracy Jones. For taking oh, wow. property value uh, in Norwood or my property, <laughs> that would be funny. You know what? That would be funny, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, oh, a class action been... lawsuit from Norwood against Tracy Jones. Oh, he'd love that for property I'll, value. I'll say, I'll say I think the, stage, the station away. would love that. The yeah. station would love that. Really. The, the, actually, my friend Ken that. actually wants to do that. I've actually mm-hmm. had to keep. Is, is he an following. attorney? He's not no, an attorney, no. no. <laughs> He's a property. If you get an attorney friend. All you all you need is an attorney's letterhead. That's all you need. Yeah. yeah. Really. And send it out, make sure the newspapers get a copy of it, you know, and there you does go. it have to be a real attorney? That could be a front page you, story in the inquirer. Yeah. No, all no you need is WLW. A, yeah, a good graphics program. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Couldn't oh, be a good foothold for getting some pub for this podcast. Alphonse Gerhard's team. Captain Lou, you, you probably know some attorneys. They could probably get that done. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Stan, Stan's been disbarred, I believe. And I think he's in Florida most of the time, but his uh, second in command is Bob Steinberg. And he's still down in the central trust tower. So really, I don't know if they would go for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Alphonse, Alphonse Gerhard Steen's the big, uh, you know, civil who would go for guy. that kind of stuff that, that, that lunatic attorney, Who's disbarred as well? What's his name in North Definitely Bayers. I think he just oh. died. Oh, Eric Dieters, the Eric Bulldog. Dieters. He, he, that's right oh. up his alley. Are you kidding? The Bulldog. Yeah. Another former guy. seven. Another former seven hundred WLW host. Right. Right. You know, the yes. Bulldog. He he would yeah. do it with someone from his office. I I guarantee you he would do it. Mm. <laughs> He'd be all. Hey, what else has he got going on? Right. <laughs> We're joking, but this might be. It might have legs. You know what? I'm serious. I mean, keep me keep me informed on this one because this would be huge. Well, because I can. Let me let me tell you something. That that could be a national story. I guarantee, if that mm-hmm. happens, that hits. That goes coast yeah. to coast. That that uh, a community, a city, is suing a, a radio station for defamation of character and lack of property value in that city. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I like that. Um, you know, okay, so t- I was in line at Laptop World one time, and Tracy was actually in line behind me. He had some issue with his Lenovo laptop or some shit, and, and he was talking <laughs> to an old couple that was in line with us, and he was telling in them. In Norway? No, it was out no. in, um, no. wherever, uh, you know. <laughs> in Micro Center, maybe? I don't go out of south side of Norwood very often, but no, I made a venture <laughs> out to Tri-County, the laptop. They give you a special passport yeah. for Tri-County. World, where, you, yeah. you know, the riffraff mixes with the gentry. Right. You get a car to get back in. <laughs> but Tracy was telling this couple, uh, you just take well, off you know, my radio persona is, not, is just, it's just a persona. I'm not really a nasty guy. I'm really not, you know, crass and rude. You know, that's just <laughs> something I put on, you know, to put on a good show because people, you know, like that. They'll tune in and listen to that. 
So, I mean, mm. that I could I could present that as an attempt to deceive. I, I can't I, picture I, Phil being crass. And do that, <laughs> I can't buy into that. Yeah. So there's a lot of not, angles. That could not go. in public, anyway. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm not married to him. Well, all right. That's true. So on to more. Um, <laughs> you know, Maybe later. I've, I'm, I've, I've, I wanted to bring up sports or consequences, the Gary Burbank bit. You were a regular on that, right, Andy? I didn't go every single day. Sometimes not, I not every for, time for the show. You, but you I, were there I, a lot. I was there. Yeah, it was it was great. I, I think people love that stuff. I really do. You know, I, Gary Burbank to me was a genius. There's no doubt in my mind. And what he did, he'd get there early in the morning with Doc Wolf and they put together a show and the characters that he had. I mean, compared to what they have now, where you get people brilliant. just coming in 10 minutes before the show and sitting down there. And I turn the radio on every now and again. And they say, give us a call. Tell us your best movies. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, you're getting paid decent money to host a radio show on a 50,000-watt radio station, and that, that's yeah. the amount of effort you're putting into the show. Call me and tell me your favorite movie or TV show. Come on. Really? Oh, yeah. You're better than that. I, I, mean, I can carrier. just say one thing. Kentucky Jelly. Okay, Kentucky. Gilbert Gnarly, <laughs> G-N-A-R-L-E. Gilbert Gnarly, G-N-A-R-L-E. Gilbert Gnarly. Hi, Andy. How you doing? It's me, Gilbert Gnarly, G-N-A-R-L-E. Oh, we're joined you by Gilbert. I'm here. You know, I'm yeah, Gilbert now. I'm calling from the Pillars of Dora Golden Buckeye Home. G-N-A-R-L-E-Y. I was wondering if you, if you could tell me what the, the best biscuit would be to spread the Kentucky jelly on. <laughs> <laughs> would it be the corn cakes from my restaurant? <laughs> you guys remember else? Parents Without Partners? Parents Without Partners. I don't remember that one. <laughs> it was, um, was a genius though. I agree with Andy you know, if, if they played his shows today they would probably get higher ratings than some of the shows that are on the air right now yeah, yeah. play the best of Gary I, I know I would be listening to it I, yeah. I used to drive you, around I, in the afternoon I had a Cincinnati focused podcast or history yeah. of Cincinnati bent like, like some people I know I would try to get Gary Burbank as a guest he really is and, and the funny thing is, I would drive around sometimes in the afternoon. He was on four hours from two to six. Yeah. And if you stop at a red light and you look at the car next to you and you see them laughing, you knew they were listening to Gary Burbank. Yeah. Really. You know, you know the traffic lights in Norwood and how long they keep you everywhere? Oh, yeah. He yeah. was delivering dominoes in Norwood during during Gary Burbank's uh, drive time. There. I heard a lot of Gary Burbank in my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was huge. He was. And big. the doc was brilliant. He, he's past since, hasn't he? Huh. I didn't know that. Who, Doc Wolf? I thought so. I hope no, not. no. I, 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 I haven't heard that. I saw him a couple of months ago, but I. Oh, good, good. Never mind. This, this would have been like a decade ago or more. No, no. He's still around. He was at the uh, radio oh, personality luncheon. That was, yeah. yeah he, he's still oh. okay. Yeah. Yay. Him and. Abe Vigoda. Oh, we Abe get to the depths of the despair <laughs> all the way up to Yay, before Abe's still here. A couple of minutes. A couple of Riley minutes. Gert with the <laughs> senseless oh. cervix. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Andy McWilliams funny. I loved too. Oh yeah, Andy McWilliams was cool. Yeah. He was he was kind of the star really of the sports or concept. Well, he, he knew all the answers really. He's, but, he's but like but a walking encyclopedia. But I used to listen to um I, I was little and I'd listen to the Stingers games like on, on one of those little, you know, single earplugs. Oh yeah. One of those mono things and and it would be Andy McWilliams, you know, talking until he's out of breath and then and then continuing for about six more syllables. 
It's Rick Dudley, but he's got him in the boards and it's a rebound. It's hard to really follow, but you could tell how excited he got. I love that. He was good. He, he's a heck of a play-by-play man. He really was. Yeah, but he was the ultimate homer. Well, you know, it's funny people say that, but I think when, when you're listening to a game in the city that we live in, you know, you're a fan and you kind of enjoy that. I mean, Joe Knoxall was a homer. I mean, Joe people Knoxall, like that, yeah. you know. You know what? That's a bigger homer. <laughs> which which of the two? <laughs> ah, Lance, Joe. You, you know, stay fair baseball. You, stay fair uh, baseball. It's Joe. Joe was awesome. He was, I play by Joe. play, Homer is is not bad, but I think a, a sports talk host, Homer. That's you could see right through that. Lance. That, that Lance. you could see, and it's just it's 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 difficult to listen to something like that. It really yeah. is. Lance. Less you know, sometimes you got you got to put Lance. the hammer on some of these guys. You really do. I mean, you know, I, I said one time that uh, Mike Brown was sperm lucky. That's how he got the job. I'm, I got some heat for that. So what? I mean, More come wrong. on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not the best, biggest Mike Brown fan myself. Yeah. Well, you know that we're, we're having a lot of fun here. We're talking about some some good times, but you know there were some rough times. Too. <laughs> I mean, there were a couple things that happened that I wanted to, to get to. Um, uh, one of them, I don't remember the full details, but I do remember that I was listening to you on the radio when these things were starting to play out. Uh-huh. And one of them was, I don't remember the full details. I think you were trying to uh, reach out to Rob Dibble, who may have been working for Fox. Yeah, I, I remember that. What happened was, I don't know why I wanted to get him on the radio. Something happened. And he was in Connecticut at the time, and I called to get him on as a guest because he didn't like he didn't like what I did. I used to call him Rob Dribble on the radio, whatever. But he was out of town, so I called him up. And then when I came back to work, I was out of the office or whatever it was. It was a message on my answering machine: "You, this is I wouldn't go in your show." And they played it on the radio. I guess you're not understanding my message. You're bugging my people at work, and now you're bugging my producer. I don't know what your problem is. You're an idiot when I played in Cincinnati. You don't get that I'm on the biggest network in the world, on 84 million on TV. I'm on 200 stations nationwide. You're a small-time idiot. So if you want to talk smack behind my back, that's fine. But don't bug me at work, you jerk. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was funny. You know, I, I think I've seen him since. And, you know, he, was, he acknowledged me. I acknowledge him. I mean, look. To hold the grudge like that for something on the radio like 20 years ago, I mean, you got to be out of your mind. I mean, to yeah. me, it's like pro wrestling. It's a joke. I mean, I'm not there to hurt you, but, you know, I'm right. there to entertain. And, you know, you weren't entertained by it. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, if I made fun of you, it's because you deserved it. You're throwing a freaking baseball in the stands and you hit a teacher. I mean, there's something wrong with you. Right. I don't think he was all there. Exactly. Really. His manager in the locker room. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, wow. I was in the locker room when he had a wrestling match on the floor with Lou Pinella. That was the greatest. I love that, really. That's I mean, a great video. Him are going at it, rolling on the floor. Yeah. Fly on the yeah. wall moment. Well, I... You're after me. Come on, Jeff. Hey, come on, Jeff. Come on, Jeff. You're a fucking man. You're a man all year. You don't want to be treated like a man. Talk to the camera out of here. Talk to me like a man. The facts were misinterpreted by a reporter. Um, he told Lou that I called him a liar, which wasn't true. Lou became upset and confronted me. End of story. It's uh, it's already been settled. It's really a dispute between two family members, and uh, Lou and I remain. Just heard an interview with Lou, with uh, Lou, uh, not, yeah, with Lou Pinella, 
with Lou's favorite uh, Reds broadcast team member, Jim Day. And he was talking about how, uh, you know, uh, you know, they, they've all mended fences. You know, everybody's cool with Rob now. You know, he likes the fiery competitive spirit and all that stuff. So, right. um, so but well, I think there's I, enough I evidence. You, you, you lose the machoism when the uniform comes off. Yeah. Mm. That's well, what happens. Ideally, you do. Yeah. Could it be he stopped using the medication? Probably so. It could be. I mean, I greatly appreciate his services in 1990, though. That was cool. I guess. Long time, long drought we're in. 30 years. Right. Well, there was another incident, and I was listening to you that night as well. I think we were driving around, going to Mm -hmm. the store or something like that. And I remember we went to break, and like, when we come back, TJ Hushmanzada will be checking in with his. Bing that was very, very, very awkward. I'll tell you what happened. It was a Monday night show for like eight to nine, yeah. and it was like a Bengals-related show. And for the longest period of time, Chad Johnson would do the show. Well, mm-hmm. Chad would show up like every other week. He just wouldn't show up for whatever reason. He didn't want mm-hmm. to. He forgot, whatever. So the program director, Daryl Parks, at the time said, we're getting rid of Chad. We're going to get TJ Hushman's order. So TJ showed up once, twice, and then he, he pulled a stunt. And Daryl went nuts. He went ballistic. He said, he's, he's gone. You tell him he's fired and on the air and just go after him. And I did. And he didn't like it. And mm. uh, he, he left a message on someone's phone in the, in the office, a salesman's phone. He, he said that I was a white ass punk. That's what he called me on the phone. Mm-hmm. They, apparently they couldn't find that message. You know, when I, next day when I came to work, Punk ass uh, white boy. And and I I went on the air and I said, and they claimed I called him a racist. I said, no, I said, I said, this is a racist remark. I said, Mm -hmm. the message I heard, he called Mm -hmm. me a white ass punk. And to me, that's a racist remark. Didn't say Mm -hmm. he was a racist. But you know what? When you, when a white guy says that about an African American, I, I, I couldn't win. I couldn't win, you know? So I was suspended, uh, with pay. And then Mm -hmm. while I was suspended, we were supposed to have a meeting with like the regional vice president of, uh, was iHeart, I think it was Jake, who knows what it was back then. I think it was iHeart. And uh, Daryl Parks was supposed to meet us. I don't think it was on a Friday afternoon, Daryl didn't show up. He didn't even come to the meeting. I mean, that, he, he was a coward, really. I mean, he's yeah. my program director. You're not going to defend me? So he didn't show mm-hmm. up. So what happened was I was told by some people, so you know what, you should get an attorney to defend yourself. So I got an attorney and then, Next thing I know, they're letting like 20 people go uh, for budget cuts. So what yeah. they did, they let me go uh, under the umbrella that it was the T.J. Hushmanzada thing, whatever. But I know it was, to this day, they've told me it's budget cuts, and I was gone. I was but the gone. funny thing is, you know, for the last 10 years, as I mentioned, I work for Fox Sports Radio, which is iHeartMedia. It's mm-hmm. iHeart. And the guy who hired me at iHeartMedia says, I know exactly what happened over there at WLW. You got screwed. And he told mm-hmm. me that. So yeah. everything's been great. And I, I work for iHeartMedia now. So well, yeah. sometimes, well, I, silver, sometimes there is a silver lining. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're where you're meant to be now. But I, I did like when TJ wiped his shoes with the terrible towel. That was Yeah, you know, it's funny about TJ. I worked yesterday uh, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the radio on Fox. Guess who followed me at one o'clock? TJ Hushmanzada. <laughs> TJ did a show with Plaxico Burris 
and LeVar Arrington, those three NFL guys, they work for like uh-huh. one to three on Saturdays, Eastern time. Mm-hmm. And I promote, I said, you know, stay tuned on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. You'll hear TJ. So I, I got no problem. I've talked to him it's, since. That's three guys so, that had to grow up that now that they don't wear the uniform anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, I don't have a whole lot left. Andy, I, I just do I. <laughs> I. I got a little bit of PR question for you. Yeah. Um, I know that you hired the Flying Volenda brother, the, the Flying Volendas, not brothers. There's their mothers in there. The, um, the Volenda family, yes. Family, yeah. Before uh, some of the races? No, I, actually, I had them. They were at the racetrack in Northfield Park, but I had them at Jake Sweeney Automotive in the parking lot. That's oh, why I had them here locally. Yeah, it, it was it was wonderful. I tell you what happened. Uh, you know, we're looking for a promotion to Jake Sweeney. I'm helping him out. I like those guys at Sweeney. I mm-hmm. told the general manager Fred Mangold. I said, "Could we get them in the parking lot?" He looked at me like I was crazy. I said, "Yeah, we'll have a you know the tightrope from one end to the other. We'll get it done." He cleared the cars out for me, but they wanted I think three thousand dollars for a Friday and Saturday performance, mm-hmm. and uh, he was Fred wasn't going to give me the money. He said, I'm not giving you $3,000 for that. I said, okay. I said, if I get the money, can we do it? He says, yeah. So I went to various sponsors, and what I had them create like a banner, and I hung the banner from the tightrope on the top, and I got $3,000. And I had like three sponsors at 1000 a pop, and we had a pretty good crowd for the Saturday show. The Friday afternoon wasn't that big a deal, but Saturday was a big deal. We got on TV, and it was wonderful. A lot of people watched it. So, you know, I don't know if it helped sell cars, but it certainly got Jake Sweeney a little notoriety. So that was that was pretty good. Cars like eggs are cheaper in the country. Mm-hmm. Where, no, that's Jeff Wilder. That's Jeff Wilder. Yeah. Take it easy now. Wrong guy. Jake Sweeney guy. Next thing you need, you're going to That's not one of our sponsors, by the way. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've, I've been out in the city too long. Um, yeah. Were there any special insurance considerations for that? So you know, I, I don't think so. I think it's just signed the contract with three thousand dollars. I mean, uh, what are they? Gonna, if they if they fall off the tightrope, what kind of insurance is it? They're dead, right? I mean, there's no insurance. right? There's no net. That's it. They do their show, and that's they never fall. They're fine. I think yes. the only time they fell is when their father walked across. I think in Times Square back in the 1930s, he fell and killed himself. But other Aww. than that, they're, they're pretty good. I thought there was another one, like in the seventies. Maybe there was one. Yeah, the man I, was like eighty-five know. or something. It was ridiculous that he's even trying it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Maybe yes, there comes was. a point where you are too old for this shit. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, Andy, what are you smoking lately, cigars-wise, and what happened to your signature sandwich at Izzy's? I don't know what happened. I guess they didn't sell enough of them. The Andy Furman, but that was created by David, the late David Cadets, one of the founders of Izzy's, mm-hmm. and I, I think it was like roast beef on pumpernickel, which I, I had it. no input. I had no input oh. whatsoever for that sandwich, but uh, David loved me, and I loved him. He said, I'm going to make you a sandwich, so he made that sandwich, uh, and I don't think a lot of people went for the roast beef on pumpernickel. I mean, that's a corned beef place, so that sandwich is gone, and La Gloria Cabana Cigars are my favorite right now, La Gloria Cabana and La Gloria Series R Estelés. And they're very difficult nice. to get right now. They're from Nicaragua and they can't get them because there's a backlog because of the pandemic. So it's pretty hard to get those cigars right now. So if anyone uh, is I'm sorry, I have this, to know from... what sandwich would you order at Izzy's? Uh, what would be your sandwich? Probably uh, pastrami, pastrami on an onion roll. Okay. I, I like pastrami, mm-hmm. hot pastrami on an onion roll. 
Mustard? Oh, yes, brown mustard, Pickle? Goldens. Pickle mm, and course. a potato pancake. And, uh, yeah. and a Dr. Brown's black cherry or Dr. Brown's celery. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yes. You had something else? Yeah, Luke. No gefilte? No, no, no. <laughs> no matzo? No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't have any good delis in Cincinnati, do we? Well, I mean. Izzy's is pretty good. I think Izzy's is good. But Izzy's is good, but, but I think. You don't have anything else. And I, I shouldn't say this because the Izzy's, they're friends of mine, but I tell you, the Shapiro's in Indianapolis is great. Yeah. If you've ever been to Indianapolis, go to Shapiro's. That place is unbelievable. It's on par with any New York City deli, I'm telling you. It may even be okay. better. Well, there's a good New York deli in Blue Ash, and I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's like right on Fields of Hurdle. Really? Yeah. In fact, it might be in the outskirts of Blue Ash, now that I think about it. Hmm. But I, rem- I remember there was a Russian family that owned one out there, but it had gone out of business. Mm. Okay. Just a little storefront, a little strip mall kind of. Yeah, that was it. And I just don't think people eat that kind of food much anymore, really. I really don't think they do. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you got gluten free and keto. And- well, yeah, you got uh, me this vegan. Blue, you were pizza. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron's vegan. Lou, Lou was vegan. Are you still vegan, Lou? No, I'm eating cheese. <laughs> so you're vegetarian. Back on, back on the cheese again, man. I'm eating cheese right now, actually. And uh, I got a buddy here that's rummaging around in my refrigerator right now. What are you doing here? Get out of here, It's me, the cowboy. <laughs> I'm rummaging around Lou Diamond's refrigerator for some shrimp. UDF ice cream, some Montgomery and hot sauce, and Marty Brenneman's wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out. Get out. I have absolutely no idea where Marty Brenneman's wig is. I am completely innocent. <laughs> Cowboy just woke up. They shaved that off for you. Yeah, and it never came back. He must have been into a diabetic coma after ball game today, I guess. Took a little nappy. Interesting. <laughs> All right, Andy. That's we're right at an hour, man. How about that? I delivered you on an hour. It went very fast. I enjoyed it tremendously, and thank I you, thank for, you for your time. Thank great. you very much. I, I really appreciate thank you. Your time. I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, this was thank great. You very much. Yep. All right. I'll speak with you guys. I hope. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll be listening. All right. Um, Andy, I did have one question. Oh boy. Uh, Only and one. This doesn't have to go on the podcast. All right. I know that your wife doesn't listen to a lot of your media from what the research that we've done, right. but um, do you think she'd be willing to go on a uh, podcast wife uh, show? Wow. The two uh, couples. I'll ask her. I don't, I don't know if she'd like okay. that. Because I'm not really a sports person, and right. so I kind of want to, like, you know, wife to wife. Of course, you gentlemen would be welcome as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I Andy, what, though, what would you like to plug? What would you like to plug? Exactly. Yeah, go ahead and, and let's close it out with you giving us, uh, you know, your time slot for your radio show and how people can find that. Yeah, and any anything else you want to plug? Any, yeah. any, well, I'm, I'm what, on, what on Fox Sports about? Radio, Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM 83, and it's on mm-hmm. 1360 locally in Cincinnati, normally Sunday mornings, and once in a while on Saturdays, I come on at uh, 10 to 1, so... Basically, that's it. All right. Is there an internet address for that? 
something. Oh, FoxSportsRadio.com. You can get it right there. Find all the information right there. Oh, and you said iHeartRadio. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. it's iHeart, yeah. It's the, iHeart, the iHeart Radio iHeart. app, probably. Yeah, you, the iHeart Radio app will get it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right, man. It's been All right, fantastic. All right. All right. Yeah, good evening. Thank you, Lou. See you, Lou. See you, guys. See, see you, Lou. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Phil. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Hey, listeners. It's Lisa. And Phil. From Yeah, Uh-Huh. How are we doing? We love feedback. Please use our socials to let us know what you think. We have socials. Twitter. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Instagram. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Facebook. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Notice, Notice a, a pattern. pattern. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week.